invite you to come and to minister through the word today that we would hear it, hear it clearly, and most importantly, that we'd walk it out in our personal lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can hear from heaven. And Lord, you have given each of us as Christians the capacity to follow you and to hear your voice. We pray that you bless this time as we study together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we want to continue in our series, which we will wrap up next week, by the way, hearing from heaven, recognizing and following the voice of God. And we've learned a lot of things already. And uh, today we want to kind of take a deeper step and really begin to drill down on one particular aspect that will help you to learn how to hear from heaven. The title of this morning's message is God Inside You. God inside you. And immediately you're thinking, what does that have to do with hearing from heaven? But I'm going to show you what it has to do with hearing from heaven. First of all, just a couple of emphases, if I may. We remember that in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3, the Bible says what? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word spoken by God. I think it'd be good for us just to say that together. Shall we all say it together? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word spoken by God. Wow, we don't need just natural food. We need spiritual food, right? And the next verse has been a cornerstone verse we've used through this series from John chapter 10, verse 27. So why don't you say this one with me as well? My sheep listen and follow my voice. How many of you today can say, I'm one of God's sheep? I'm a born-again believer. I'm one of his flock. Good, most of us are. And as sheep, we are told here in John 10 that we have the ability to hear and to listen and we should be obeying God's voice. I want you to look at this scripture as I add it in today that will speak into directly what we're talking about this morning. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you. Everybody say the word guide. 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 He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. So do you get this picture of the Holy Spirit is going to come? Also in chapter 16, he says the Holy Spirit, you know the Holy Spirit. I'm sending him to you. You know him because he's been with you. In other words, you know me, you know the Holy Spirit. But he will be in you. And here we see in verse 13, he says, and once he's in you, he's going to do what? He's going to guide you. That is an incredible promise to know that God inside of us through the Holy Spirit, says, I'm going to speak to you, I'm going to guide you, and as one of my people, you're going to have the ability to listen and obey my voice. Now this morning, I want to dig a little bit, drill down into a little bit of a deeper look at uh, the ability and the infrastructure that God has placed in you, God inside you. God is inside every one of us. And that infrastructure on the inside of it's important that you know how God has created you. And if you understand this concept I'm going to present to you today, 
you will all of a sudden your eyes are going to be opened up to how this communication uh, framework works and operates on a very practical level. So please forgive me. I'm trying. To, I'm going to put on the teacher hat today. I'm not going to preach at you really. I'm just going to teach you today how this works. Because if you can understand this principle, uh, which is the principle of spirit, soul, and body, it will it will answer and address many questions that maybe some of you have had about how God operates and how that we as Christians live. You may not know it, but in Genesis chapter one and verse twenty six, God actually predicts how we are going to be constructed. This is what he says. Let us, let us, notice the plural nature of that. Let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, had a conversation one day. And they said, we're going to make man. But we're going to create him, how? In our image. A tripartite God Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one, but yet with distinct persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, conversed and decided we're going to make humanity and we're going to make them according to our likeness. That's Genesis 1.26. And so man was created. But what you may not realize is the similarity between how you have been made and how God is. A, a three-part God, I hate to say that because he's one, but you understand what I'm saying? A tripartite God, one God, three persons, decided I'm going to make man, but I'm going to make man in our image. And so the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to create man also with three primary parts. Look at this scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. The word sanctify means to be made holy. All right? He will sanctify you. Paul is praying over the church. May the God of peace sanctify you through and through. Another word for that would be completely. May he sanctify you, develop you, grow you up, mature you, and make you holy. The objective of our Christian experience is what? To be like Jesus. To be conformed into his image. And Paul here is praying and saying, may God, the God of peace, may he completely sanctify you through and through. Now, he, di he digresses to explain more. May your whole, complete spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Paul offers us an incredible insight here into how you and I have been created. We're created as a spirit with a soul, and we live in a body. I'm going to say that again. God created you as a spirit with a soul living in a body. Now, I'm going to unpack that for you so that you understand. We're going to take each of those parts. I'm going to explain it to you briefly, and then I'm going to bring it all together in this idea of the communicating God that we serve. I want you to notice on the screen a very simplistic diagram that shows you that man, as a three-part being, do you see that it begins with spirit? Then we have the soul, which the soul is made up of three parts. We'll look at this in a moment. Mind, emotion, and will. 
And all of that contained in what? This physical body. Notice that in the scripture, and I, I, this is really important to me, sometimes we never think about the sequence of words. You never notice what word comes first when there's some listing in scripture. Usually, there's some importance conveyed. And when it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, may God completely through and through sanctify you, it, how, does it, how does it begin? Spirit, soul, and body. That is in the order of of really how God works within us. He works from the inside out. See, we tend to think outside in. We're very physically oriented, aren't we? Because we look at one another, we spend a lot of money that make us look better and all those kinds of things. But God thinks of us primarily as what? Spirit beings, spirit, soul, and body. And that's why it's listed that way, I believe, in that scripture. So here we see the inner part of us being the spirit, then the soul, and then the body. God created us primarily as spiritual beings. Now, we went a long way off the ladder uh, when Adam sinned. Okay, we messed up the original design that God had. The spirit, what happened at sin is that inner part of you, that spirit man that was in communion with God, talking back and forth, visiting God, walking with Adam and Eve in the garden as we looked earlier in the series, talking, fellowshipping, all this communion, all of a sudden, shut down. When sin entered the world, the spirit was laid dormant. Literally, the spirit of man became dormant, dead to God. There, just lying dormant. Only when Jesus Christ came back and paid the price at the cross and then gave us the opportunity to accept him and his salvation through faith, only then did we have a way and an avenue to recreate that human spirit. So when we're born again, boom, we're regenerated. Where does that happen? Not up here. It happens on the inside. That spirit man is regenerated and comes alive. It's been dead in sin, Ephesians 2, 1, and it comes alive, regenerated through God's presence. Now, I want to show you another slide, and this helps us to understand the communication method and pathway and how we connect to God and to the natural physical world that we're so in touch with. All right, so I'm going to leave that screen up there for a moment and go through some, um, some drilling on these three parts. So let's talk, first of all, about the spirit of man. The word for spirit in Scripture is the word in the New Testament, in the Greek language, is the word pneuma. Give me a common word today in our English language that might come from those origins. What was it? Thank you, Doug. I really, I, that's definitely the word I was looking for, definitely. A little negative, but uh, it's all right, brother. Someone else? Huh? New met breath? No, I, I was looking for a word that sounds like pneuma. Very good. Pneumatic. Thank you, Dr. Greer. Appreciate that. Pneumatic. It's the idea of what? Air? The idea of air? Wind and breath usually are correlated in both Hebrew and Greek, actually, Old and New Testaments. 
So the word pneuma, you have to be kind of careful sometimes. When you see the word pneuma, it refers to the Holy Spirit and sometimes it refers to man's spirit. So you have to be able to distinguish between those which is which. So we find the spirit of man, as I just stated, was created by God as the Godward, God-conscious part of our being. That's how we were created. He created it so that we could walk with him, commune with him, be directed by him. For example, the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, the spirit of a man, now there, there's no way you can argue with that. You know exactly which spirit that is. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. That's an interesting picture. Our one translation said the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord. It suggests to us what? If you're walking through a dark, uh, a dark room or a dark alley, you better have a light. You better have a flashlight. Today we might use the word flashlight. The spirit of a man is the flashlight of the Lord. What, what do we mean by that? It's what offers us a direction. We can know what path to take. It gives us help to know where to go. That's God's system of guiding us in our life is through this Godward part of us. Do you notice there how I have the Holy Spirit directly connected to the human spirit? And the reason is because when we are regenerated by faith in Jesus, we put our faith in him, we accept him as our Savior and our Lord, from that moment on, you're regenerated. And the Holy Spirit, how do we get regenerated? That means to bring something to life that's been dead. How does that happen? By the entrance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and joins with our human spirit, and it can't help but come alive. Listen, when God gets in contact with something, it comes alive. Oh, I, I said I wasn't going to preach. I'm sorry. It comes alive, see? And so now we have Holy Spirit and your spirit combined, and so now that's your new spirit man. The spirit man. Just think of it like that. There's a now a new spirit man living deep inside of you. Sometimes we use the term heart. And scripture suggests the word heart to relate sometimes to this. So that's who the spirit man is. I'll give you another example in Hebrews chapter 4. Let me go on to some screens. I want to come back to this one in a moment. You will notice that in Hebrews chapter 4, we find this very interesting scripture. We've quoted it before. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit. That's an interesting, interesting scripture. It suggests that the word of God is able to actually bring separation to say, this is soulish, this is spiritual. I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit's always using Scripture to do that with me. He's saying, you see right there? You're going off the rails there. That's your flesh. That's the soul. That's just the soulish man. Listen to the spiritual man. But the Word of God comes to help us know the difference. And so we see that the spirit man is very, very critical, and we need to appreciate it. Your spirit is intuition. Your spirit is your inward man. It includes, it is where the, uh, we talked about the way that God communicates with us, and we said one of them was what? The, the inward witness. Where, does that, where is that located? Right there, in the spirit man. Now, I'm going to talk to you in just a second about how the mind and the emotions play a part, but it's important we see. So, let's move to the second part. 
we said that man is a spirit. He has a soul. Let's go to soul. The Greek word for soul is the word psyche. I know y'all going to do better on this one, all right? Tell me where, what English words we might get today from this Greek word, suke or psyche. Thank you. Psychologist. All right. Psychosomatic. Uh, on and on and on you could go, right? So much easier when there. All right. So this word suke or psyche in the Greek language is the word that we get that is translated in our Bibles, the soul of man. The soul of man, your soul is comprised of three things. It's very simple. Your mind, your emotions, and your will. I don't have to explain to you what those things are, right? Your mind, obviously, your intellect, your emotions, that feeling part of us, the affective part of your, your being, and then there's the volition or the will. That's the, that's the part of you that makes decisions, right? Now, without Christ in our life, you can see that the mind is dark, right? Mar the, the mind is pretty messed up. Everybody says, you Christians are brainwashed. I don't know about you. I needed a lot of brainwashing. I needed a lot of cleaning in my brain. Our minds, in the process, we come to Christ and we grow. And what happens? That darkened mind that's alienated from God starts to be renewed, right? The emotions, totally controlled by a fleshly, by self. Oh, my. People's emotions without the effect of the Holy Spirit on are, are a real mess. Some people are totally dramatic and out of control that way. Other people are, are shut down and stuffed in. And, uh -uh, we could go on and on, right? So, but emotions are a part of your soul. That's who God made you to be. By the way, God made you as an emotional person. You don't have to be afraid to have this emotional part. Men, listen to me. You don't have to be afraid to get in touch with your emotions. That's the way God made you to be. And then we have the will, the part of us that makes decisions. Now, the soul of man, it, it's very interesting when we start talking about the communication piece. I want to go back to our picture. I want you to notice that in your soul, it, this is kind of the battleground area. Your soul and your body become battlegrounds. Because now God's inside you, right? But guess what's still inside you? An unrenewed mind, emotions that surely don't listen normally to what God's feeling, and wills that are stubborn and rebellious. So we've got this battle now going on. The spirit on the inside, he's connected to your spirit. So the spirit's saying, do this. And the other part of you saying, do this. Thus we have the Romans chapter 7 contrast between flesh and spirit. And so the whole idea is we, what we hear from God comes, the primary area of revelation and communication is through your spirit. Although the Spirit will communicate even God's Word, His Spirit will communicate through your human spirit, and it can register in your intellect, and it can register in your emotions. And I'm explaining this very important today because some of you have discarded things that you thought, oh, well, that, that's just me. Those were just my thoughts. Have you ever considered the fact that maybe the Holy Spirit is putting that thought there? You say, that couldn't be God because I, that's just me. That's just what I'm feeling. Maybe your feelings are being moved by the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. So don't just discard and reject as out of play 
your mind and your emotions. There's a part of your mind that's still very fleshly controlled. Mine too, all of us. All right? Come on, y'all say amen to that. Y'all, you looking at me like, no, man, I'm all renewed, man. I, me, I don't think those things. Come on. That's the way it is with all of our soul. There's some of it that is, that is ruled by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but there's a lot of it that's just still tracking on its own way, being extremely selfish. And, and so the idea of communicating and hearing from heaven is God communicates through his spirit in our inner spirit, and then it's registered. It gets onto the radar, if you will, of your mind and your emotions. Sometimes I've heard God... Um, particularly if some people are more wired this way than others. Uh, the more emotional that you tend to be in, in normal functioning, you can expect that likely God's going to communicate to you sometimes through your emotions. That does not mean every emotion you have comes from God. But you can expect that he may use that. There are times that Carrie said, Honey, I'm, I'm just... Mm, honey, I, I'm just feeling this. And I'm like, okay, she's feeling again. Okay, is this Carrie... Or is it the Holy Spirit? That's, the, that's what we talked about last week, didn't we? Yeah? You've got to filter. You've got to decide. What is that? But what I want you to understand is that your mind and your will and your emotions are tied up. Even though we separate for the sake of teaching, we separate spirit, soul, and body. We divide them up. We say, let's examine them, this, this, this. In the same way that, that, that you know, researchers and, and healthcare professionals examine the physical body and know every part of it doesn't change the fact that your body is one, one being and interrelated. So even though we may have a neurologist that's a specialist in certain field, that doesn't mean that neurology is not connected to cardiology. Am I right? Doctors, y'all agree with me? Get, get me straight if I get off too far here, all right? So we, when we talk about something being systemic, it means it's affecting all parts of us. So even though we're studying the separated spirit, soul, body here for the sake of understanding, please understand, spirit, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body and those are interrelated, interconnected and cannot be separated in that sense. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Okay, so please understand that the role of the soul in this whole idea. One more scripture I've got to share with you on the soul before we go on. I think, yeah, there I, I do have it up here. This is a powerful scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, and I've chosen this in the New American Standard for a reason today, but look at this. But a natural man, by the way, I know y'all don't care, but it's important for this particular one. The Greek word, the original word in the New Testament for the word natural is the word sukikos. Where do you think the root word there comes from? Psyche. All right. But a natural man, or you might want to translate it this way, a soulish man or a soul-controlled person. You get the idea? But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So the part of your mind that's not yet renewed does not accept, does not accept the things of God. It still fights them. Same thing with your emotions and your will. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them. Boy, I've been there. Huh? Because 
They are spiritually appraised. The things of God cannot be comprehended by the soul-controlled part of us, the soulish person. But the spiritually-minded man, the spiritually-controlled part of us gets it. Does that make sense to you? That's a powerful verse. I encourage you maybe to to note that one and study it on your own. All right, one more part of the three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a... The soul has three parts, right? Which are mind, emotions, will, and we live in a body. I don't have to tell you much about the body. We're pretty in touch with that. The Greek word for body, by the way, is soma. Soma. And... The body, obviously, is our physical part of us. It's the part of us that relates to the world around us, to our environment. And God has beautifully crafted our bodies. Doesn't the Bible say we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? And a part of that body, he gives us five senses. And those senses have to do, they're a part of your body. Sight, touch, hearing, taste, smell. So we have this beautiful body that we live in, but we have to remember your body is really an earth suit. Just an earth suit. And when the time comes for you to pass, that earth suit's no longer useful, right? So we just have to understand the body, and sometimes we are way too oriented to our physical being, not enough to our spiritual. So... On that note, I want to talk to you about training, the last few moments we have together, training your human spirit. Some of you are going to say, Pastor, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about training my human spirit. Yeah, because the Lord guides and communicates to us through that spirit man, if we want to heighten and if we want to uh, upgrade our hearing, a condition is that the spirit man must be strong. If the spirit man is a weakling, your ability to hear is diminished. Does that make sense to you? So I want you just to picture your spirit man deep inside of you. I look at it, you know, I'm real simple, so I have to have simple pictures, all right? On the inside of me, I see this, like there's this little man on the inside. Okay? He's either real weak very strong. And the things I'm getting ready to tell you to do add to his strength. And so, for example, we're going to talk about spiritual exercises. And I literally see, so when I'm praying, I'm praising, I'm, I'm thinking about my inner man. Oh, he's doing calisthenics. He's, he's pushing some weight. I know y'all think I'm out of my mind. That's okay. I don't care. But the point is that inner man has to get healthy and trained or else your hearing is going to be in direct proportion and the accuracy of your hearing with that spirit man. Here's the problem. We take really good care of this body. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it was take really good care of our minds, our intellects. We don't give any attention to our spirits. We make sure that our bodies have three hot meals a day and a few snacks in between. But when it comes to our spirit man, we go weeks without even paying attention to it. And then we expect to be spiritual. 
And we expect to be able to hear God and be a light in darkness. Come on, let's get real. Okay? So we need to develop and train that human spirit. So I'm going to give you some steps. You know me, I'm all about steps, right? Let me give you a few steps. Help me out. All of a sudden, my, my clicker stopped. Guys, y'all help me out through the end of these slides, okay? Thank you, Ellen. Appreciate it. Five ways. Last slide. Five ways to train your human spirit. It's not going to take long, so let me walk through these. But they're important. Number one, if you really want to train your human spirit, remember, it's, it's, it's regenerated now. The Holy Spirit's there interlocked with him. First of all, meditate in the Word. Meditate in the Word. The Scripture tells us, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's in 1 John 4. 4. Greater is he that is where? In you. Look at your neighbor and say, in you. Turn, yeah, go ahead and look at him. Tell him that. In you. So if he's in me and I want him to grow and develop and be strong... The first thing that I need to do is I need to train, develop my human spirit. And the first step is meditate. John chapter 1, verse 8. It's interesting that here we have a new leader. Moses has died. Joshua's now in charge. Whew, don't y'all know Moses? I mean, Joshua was shaking in his boots. He was. And so God started speaking to him. And listen to what the Lord said to him in verse 8. Keep this Book of the law, for our sake today, the word of God. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then, emphasize, then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua is being instructed by the Lord to make sure that he meditates how often? Day and night. The word meditate means to mutter, to ruminate. I won't give you a, a, a science lesson on rumination, uh, but it is what back in Texas we called chewing the cud. Okay. I think some of you, your lights went on there, all right? In the same way that an animal might eat and eat and eat and eat and chew and chew and chew for the purpose of getting all of the nutri nutrition out of the food that they're eating, we're told to meditate in God's Word. The problem is most of us do no meditation at all. We're too fast. We're, too, we're moving too quickly. To meditate means you take it, you take a verse, you take a phrase, and you just chew on it, and you chew on it, and you chew on it. And actually, the word meditate suggests muttering. That's what, you notice that he connects here the idea of the word of God should be on your lips to mutter and to say, in addition to meditate in it. So what I suggest is that you just start real easy. An easy way to start learning to meditate is take a verse. Maybe you've already had your morning devotions and, and you, were, you read a chapter or two or something. Take one little phrase, whether it was from your daily reading or whether it's another verse. Take one little simple verse. And just take a phrase, if you can, take something you can remember, okay? Take it and say, I'm adopting this as my meditation for the day. And then all day long, 
I'm not telling you not to do your job. Do your job. Do it well. But we all know that we take mental breaks, right? Okay. So there are times during the day that you pause. Something, you have coffee break or over lunch, whatever. Just take that verse and say, I'm just going to think about that. I wonder what that means. I wonder what the deeper meaning is of that. Reflect. Contemplate. Mutter. Consider what God may be wanting to say to you through that verse. Do you see what I'm talking about? You do that all day long. You dedicate 24 hours to that little phrase. You know what I promise you? You're going to start coming out of those experiences with like, wow. You wouldn't believe the insight God began to show me about this truth from Scripture. Meditating in the Word will build up. It's one of the things that feeds that inner man. Remember that inner man guy? He can't do his calisthenics if he's not eating strong. He's got to eat the right food. We feed our, our physical man all kinds of diets, all kind of, all kind of stuff. The inner man feeds on God's word. It's spiritual food. Man does not live by bread alone, but by... See, what he's talking about is your spirit man must be fed God's word. Number two. The way to train your human spirit is to practice the word. Don't just read it. Do it. Say, what can I put? What applies to me? What am I going to put into practice this week? Be a doer of the word. That's what James 1.22 says. Don't only be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word, right? Number three. Another way. This is part of the calisthenics. This is Holy Spirit jazzercise time, all right? All right, whatever your deal is. Prayer and praise is a way to exercise that inner man. It's a way that he's pushing out. He's jumping. He's exercising by your prayer and your praise. Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything by prayer and request or supplication with thanksgiving, make your petitions known to God. I love the scripture that speaks to this. For example, another one, and in, 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 I'll, I'll add this one in here. Um, in Jude, verse 20. Do you mind if I turn there and read it to you very quickly? I don't have it on the slide. I'm going to read it to you very quickly, and then we're, we're done for this morning. This is a verse that most people I find are not familiar with. The scripture says in verse 20, Jude is a tiny little book, so there's no chapters, all right? So verse 20. But you, dear friends, listen to this. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. The word there literally means to build a house. Oikodomeo. To build up a house. Like you're constructing a house. Strong. Build up yourselves. How do, what do you, is the answer? What does Jude tell us how we're going to build ourselves up? And the real self is where? Deep in here. That's the spirit. man. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. In other words, it's going to result in growing faith. By doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray with your mind. Pray with the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And those are like spiritual calisthenics. And finally, I'll leave you with this. Number four, by instantly obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. One way to build up that inner man is when you begin to recognize God's prompting, you begin to have an inward witness about it. You have the spiritual intuition. Or maybe you're even hearing the soft voice, the whisper of God. Don't just, 
you know, just don't walk away from it. Listen to what he's saying. Sometimes it just has to do with affirming you. Child, I love you. I'm, I'm for you. Wants to give us his shirt. Sometimes it's just affirmation. Other times it's direction. And sometimes it's like, you see that person right there? I want you to pray for them. That neighbor that just moved in down the street, why don't you, why don't you cook a meal and take it to them? And just connect. God may be speaking to you, prompting you about giving to some special project. It's just a prompting. The greatest way to develop your inner man is start acting on those prompts. If you ignore him and shut him out, he stays small and weak. You do these other things, and then you start obeying instantly. Don't procrastinate. Listen and obey the promptings of that inner man. What's the goal here? God says he wants to sanctify us completely through and through spirit, soul, and body. And we want the spirit man to be strong so that we can what? Hear from heaven. Stand to your feet, please. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I was going to challenge you before we close and Brent's going to come and close the service. With your eyes closed for a moment. How many of you here this morning say, Pastor Bobby, I'm, I know that my inner man is at this current moment a weakling. He's regenerated. He's renewed. I'm, I'm born again, but he's just barely able to make it. He's exhausted. He's fatigued and he's weak. Would you just raise your hand and say, pray for me this morning? see hands around the room. You put them down. Father, I ask that this morning that these who believers who are confirming and admitting and confessing that their inner man is so weak, it's not able to function as you desire us to. But I pray that each of us would begin to purposely feed the inner man. Feed him and exercise him so that we can be fully active and useful in your kingdom. But while your heads are still bowed, if you're here this morning and maybe you've heard this and you say, well, that, all that sounds really good, but I've never committed my life to Jesus Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's a prerequisite. You need to be regenerated. That human spirit that's on the inside of you is still laying dormant. You've got to be regenerated. And that happens by making a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Is there someone here this morning say, I haven't done that, but I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just raise your hand right now? Haven't done that before, but I want to. I see a hand. Is there someone else? Haven't done that, but I want to make sure that Jesus lives in me. Is there someone else? May our prayer teams come to the front, please. I'm going to lead this one in prayer and would the rest of you just pray along with me if you know Jesus it won't harm you to uh, pray this prayer of faith again say this with me everybody out loud Lord Jesus today I commit my life to you forgive me of my sins and my past make me a new person Holy Spirit come live within me 
from this day forth. I will serve you and I'll walk you. I'll walk with you. Thank you for saving me today and giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Brent, please.